Hello and welcome to Take 18, a podcast where we love to talk about movies because we love the movies. <laughs> this show is produced by the Central Coast Film Society. My name is Daniel Lair. I am the founder and executive director of the Central Coast Film Society. And today we're going to be talking with Kyle Plummer, who is a local filmmaker, and also he's a member of the board of the Central Coast Film Society. So we'll be talking to him about filmmaking during COVID-19, uh, movies we love, and also um, <laughs> brothers. You'll figure that out here in just a second. Also, we're going to be touching on what is the future of the film festival world out there in the post-COVID-19 world. So if this is your first show, I just want to say a big welcome to all of you guys. Uh, we had a little bit of a break there, summer break, but we are now back at it. Um, production has begun again, both in LA and here in my sprawling Central Coast Film Society Take 18 uh, podcast studio. So uh, we hope you check out some of our old episodes that we've had with some awesome content and featured lots of really great local talent. Uh, those are all available still online on all the places where you listen to podcasts. So just check us out. Um, it's also been great because with COVID-19 doing a podcast, we can still do all these amazing interviews all through the magic of a phone call and recording that. So uh, definitely check them out. We've got so much, so much fun. There's a lot of really fun stories out there. Um, but this is going to be great too. So throughout this podcast series, we're going to be looking into movie news and some reviews and interviews as well as just doing filmmaker takes and where we just like to just talk about movies. So, but today we're going to get right into it and have a chat with Kyle. So let's bring him in. All right. We now have Kyle Plummer here on the phone. Kyle, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good. Hey, and not, you know, can't complain. You know, it's hanging out with home with the family, uh, you know, watching lots of movies and stuff. How about you? <laughs> how, how have you been doing this summer? Uh, trying to keep busy with uh, self-imposed projects, but uh, it's all good stuff. You know, and I'm really excited. Self-imposed projects is the best projects to do because that makes you makes you actually work when you're your own boss. Right. When lockdown first uh, happened back in March, I spent a few months catching playing catch up on just tedious stuff and then yeah. uh around june came around carlos my brother carlos and i had a couple opportunities to take where we figured hey there are these cool projects we can start pursuing and so we did and as such they've all lined up uh, like five of them all are starting right now so <laughs> wow See, like my self-imposed projects was like going through all my old mini DV tapes and like. Well, and you there's know. that too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have our around the house stuff too as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. So what have you been working on? Tell me about some of your projects. Um, well, over the summer, my brother and I we each produced a short film for a contest put on by uh, Musicbed, their music licensing site, and they did a challenge to filmmakers make a five-minute or less film about something relating to like hope for reopening oh, you know nice. kind of dealing with this this year in 2020 <laughs> yeah. so we each we each made a, a short film carlos was more uh, uh experimental following this runner going through running by these uh different businesses uh local businesses here and we showcased quite a few of them and in both San Luis Obispo and Cambria and then mine was more focused on um creatives and artists in central coast uh, and how they're dealing with the pandemic and shutting down and staying creative during this time. Yeah, well, and I'm sure another added layer of that is trying to actually physically produce a movie during the shutdown. 
which was a challenge in and of itself. Right. And of course, you know, we took our own precautions with every, every everything we shot. We did work with an actor on Carlos's short film, and the the benefit was the whole thing actually took place where he was wearing a mask. We did have to have everything all distanced because right. it was in that way in the short film. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely challenging now even thinking about beginning anything because you have to take all these things into consideration sure yeah and that's something i've heard about what's going on because you know productions are starting to slowly start back up but one of the things is that you know it's literally a whole new layer of precautions and things that you have to go through in order to actually get the stuff done and you know this is like the big studio gigs down in la um there's like a whole new department that is yeah. now sprung up because of it's all a this. whole new role on set of they mm-hmm. have to have someone who's certified to make sure yeah that uh the production is uh covid 19 safe or something along those lines so. i mean which is good and, you know that's more jobs and more mm-hmm. safety so i <laughs> there you go um all for that yeah <laughs> So so the so do you you weren't working with your brother on that project it was you guys were working on the same competition but as separate or was it were you guys on a team sort of thing so it's kind kind of both okay, all right. <laughs> when Carlos and I worked together we worked together even if it's each other's projects we decided I directed mine he directed his and we just helped each other out in actually like producing them so we were both there for all the different shoots um and we were heavily involved in post-production as well but it was his project was definitely his vision and my project was definitely mine and um just like we try to keep it with our with our normal productions That's, that's so cool now i i have to ask you because i have a brother and you know i went to film school i did all the film stuff my brother ben could not be anything like me at all like he is my my yang to my yin he is 180 (laughs) degrees just like completely opposite like he is the i want to go out outdoors and hunting and fishing and and you know stay as far away from people as possible and i'm like no i want to make movies and go to la and go play and you know all these things (laughs) um so and it's like you know he is he is supportive. He, he, I've actually gotten conned him into being a uh, couple of my movies before, and and I I think deep down secretly he liked it. But um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I like to go outdoors with him too every so often. It's just enough of like interest there where we're like, yeah, okay, we can get along and do this for like a day or two, and then you know that that's about it. Um, so what is it like to have a brother like? <laughs> in, I know this sounds so bad, but what's it like to have a brother that cares about like what you do? <laughs> Well, sorry, Ben. I, I I know it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're 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 about four years apart, so it's like it's enough right. of an age difference that there is an age difference, but it's also close enough that we both pretty much grew up watching and doing the same things. Yeah. So, from a young age, I, when I was watching the movies, they got me into filmmaking, and I would watch them the behind the scenes growing up. I was right. I was that DVD nerd that I would just watch the bonus features. Oh, I, o- I only got DVDs be because me. of the bonus features. That was the only yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, me too. And um, my brother and I would watch them together. And at first, it was more just because he was just younger than me, and he just kind of was there. But as he began to grow up, and around the age of eight, and I was twelve at the time, was when we decided to make our first actual short film. Actually, I was going to write a script, and it was it was an Indiana Jones uh, short film. Nice um that's when 
he really got interested and at that time he was the producer and he really loved being the producer and then as we grew up then we both started then taking on different projects that were our own and most uh, it's kind of just been natural it's been a natural experience um i never had to like talk him into it and vice versa it was it was always just very much we both really fell in love with it at a young age which was lucky in a way for for both of us and we're close enough as far as you know we pretty much we like the same movies and we like the same music we like so we're we're pretty similar in that respect as well yeah and you know when i was off at film school and he would send me movie recommendations to watch that at the time i was like man you're watching these movies they're really out there and then now <laughs> i'm sending him you know movie recommendations and show recommendations that's and... so funny my, yeah you know okay so my brother i'm i'm he he did want me uh as soon as he found out that you know like i was i was like oh you can make a decent movie hey i got to make a video for class so i'm i'm doing yeah. this random like <laughs> spanish video for him and all his friends show up and i'm just like oh god um but you know i did it because he's my brother but uh yeah he when we grew up because he's my older brother so you know if i didn't Mm. do what he said he'd pound me um (laughs) but the other thing was like uh he would show me movies and like you know he was and he is a lot bigger than me uh always been the big kid i was the runt and but he would like you know so he always had the remote and so it was always we're watching what he wants to watch and he was a big horror film guy and like Uh, i was i was scarred as a child you know in like the late 80s watching you know nightmare on elm street and child's play (laughs) and all these things that were and i'm like you know i'm a i'm a child but he is torturing me and making me watch this and i had so many nightmares anyways but so and then he got into weird stuff and like he found out that like when hollywood video was going out of uh business like you can go in there and buy like all these random obscure movies for a buck right and uh so he's got he had all these like random movies and he's like oh you gotta watch these and really i think it was just he was trying to give them to me to get them out of his house oh that's funny yeah i i kind of did this growing up i kind of did the same thing with him not 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 so harshly but like oh no mine was uh, harsh oh it was it was brutal he was younger than me when i started really exploring movies and i remember in particular uh i i when i was like 10 or 11 i was really obsessed with the movie willow oh yeah (laughs) well uh, i mean that's okay there was a scene in that movie where there's like the witch she turns all the different the soldiers into like pigs and they had like a weird transformation scene with all this heavy makeup that scene freaked my brother out when he was little and he it gave him nightmares when he was little and he still gets mad at me he's like i'm still mad about at willow for the, the pig scene he tells me to this day so oh, um, it was yeah i i i remember that too as a kid that was that was fairly <laughs> traumatizing yeah yeah and then but when i was at school he recommended me to watch um have you ever seen the voices with ryan reynolds i don't know if i have it's it's very good it's very good it's also extremely dark comedy it's it's about as dark comedy as you can get and he told he wrote me one day he's like oh you like red reynolds you should watch the voices and it was on amazon so i checked it out and i wrote him back i'm like what movies are you watching (laughs) like this is crazy this is wild but anyway that's kind of our our rapport our relationship working together well that's cool that's that's really cool that you, you guys got that i mean you know it's 
I think it, you, for the families out there that do have siblings that are are into it, I, I think that's a huge plus because I mean you've got like a, you know, you literally have a colleague in the family, and it's uh, it's Absolutely. pretty cool that you can bounce that off. Um, I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I, what I do have is my my mom. She was she's an artist, like a painter with watercolor. And right. then my, my grandmother does photography. So that was about the the best in like, hey, what does this look like? <laughs> that was that was about all I had. Um, but, you know, like I, where, where I grew up out on the ranch, it was, uh, you, you know, I, I literally had my own like place where I could run off and just do my own thing and not worry about anybody else and make as much noise as much you know as humanly possible and i you know freedom yeah exactly <laughs> and and it was great and uh you know even if i was if this was covid world uh you know back when i was doing it you know it's it wouldn't matter because i was socially distant from everybody anyways um but one of the things that i i really liked about that was that i had uh i had this location when i would shoot and um, you know, it was, it was a fairly decent sized property, and and so there was a lot of different terrain. There was big trees, there were rocks, there were plains, and so for me, coming up with stories was like, what can I shoot in this location? It was kind of like having your own back lot, but like you didn't know, you didn't have a story yet. You just had the sets. And so it was like, what am I going to shoot here? What am I going to shoot here? How can I incorporate this with that? And it really became all about location. And then later, when I got into film school um, and I started making all these films, I really started to notice that one thing that, that I was doing was I was making the location a character. And it was kind of a, an interesting thing for me to stop and look. And I go, oh, I really am kind of doing that. Because somebody brought it up. I didn't even notice it. But it was when they were talking about it. They're like, they love how you made the location a character in the movie. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I guess I did do that. Or and but then I'm like, but that's what I've always done. And then it I kind of go back, you know, in time and I go, "Oh, that's cuz it's, you know, out there." So, basically what I'm trying to come around to saying is that as soon as I think we get, you know, people up and running when they're doing their their quarantine movies, you know, you're you're limited on where you can go for your locations and right. stuff like that. Um, but I'm a huge proponent of location 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 you know it's uh even after working in visual effects that only only is so well yeah however i will say i just saw the mandalorian behind the scenes Have, oh my god did you yeah. see that with the yes the, the is it the volume is that what they called it i can't the, the, the giant virtual set where yeah. basically wherever they point the camera oh it renders god. in real time it yeah blew my little visual effects brain off <laughs> i was like that is it, to me, I think that's a huge game changer in technology that's going to be uh, coming out soon. But um, great show, great show. Oh too. yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, isn't season two that's coming up in October? So that should uh, be yeah, fairly soon. So, anyways, um, so what else are you working on though? You you still you're still busy uh, doing posts on other stuff like post production. You can do in in house literally. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I I have been in post production on my uh, my feature film. Sarah, uh, it's been oh, yeah. in post production, yeah, since May of last year. No, April of last year. And is that all wrapped up? It uh, literally just the last week. Uh, nice. <laughs> well, all right. Two weeks so, ago so now. Tell everybody details. So 
I started this film when I was still going to film school at DSU in St. George. And um, it was something I started writing, took me about a year and a half to write. It's a, it's a full hour, full 55 page script I brought to my teacher and he just gave me a look like, are you sure you're actually going to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would get very skeptical at first when I first presented it. Um, a lot of my other colleagues who I went to school with, they, they did some pretty impressive capstones, but they all kept them pretty, pretty short because of this time and classes. It gets busy. It's hard. Yeah. But I was determined. I'm like, I have all this equipment at my disposal. I might as well do something with it <laughs> that's big. <laughs> so I did. I, and I, it took a long time to plan. But during my last semester at school, I filmed this, this film um through the generosity of a lot of people that were out there in st george utah um i got a lot of people to volunteer to act in it as well as a gentleman by the name of daryl phillips he donated his time to do there's some uh special effects uh makeup effects blood and stuff like that uh that we did in the film and he is a retired makeup artist wow. he used to work on small indie films uh, his mentor, when he first got into doing movie makeup, his mentor was, um, I'm blanking on his name, uh, did the makeup for The Exorcist. Um, I'm, the the pea soup? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dick Smith, that's Dick his Smith. name. Dick Smith, there you go. Yeah, le legend, like yeah. absolute legend, Dick Smith. He was his mentor, and... Um, he lives in St. George. He was a friend of one of my professors, and I got in touch with him, and he volunteered his time and did these really impressive blood gags that we did for the movie. Um, one was was fairly intricate and ex extensive because of the, uh, well, uh, I can't you're, say you're, too much without spoiling. I was going to say, you're, you're, you're really <laughs> piquing my interest, though, because I'm like, man... But the, the, it was a lot of fun, I'll yeah. say that, and, and right. they, were, they were very select uses, and he did a phenomenal job and so did i mean all the actors all donated time it was it was an amazing experience as a student filmmaker what's and what's the, the synopsis on it like give me give me like a, a log line of, of what what's a, it about a woman meets uh let me start this over okay <laughs> this woman this old friend of hers comes and comes back into her life and when she does it causes a series of events that causes her to question her reality and she starts to go crazy. Ah. Um, so it's a psychological and, and have thriller. an intricate blood scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very cool. I swear it'll make sense. Yeah, yeah I, a, I believe you. I'm, I'm it's excited. It's a psychological to see it. thriller, and I'm a big uh, uh, David Fincher fan. So I guess it's kind of my my stereotypical film school homage to to my idol. <laughs> and um, yeah, very good. I definitely, and I also worked with. Uh, this is probably the coolest part is that I brought the film home after I did a rough cut to get my grade for the class. And then I brought it home. And over the last year after graduating, I have been just honing it and doing cut after cut after cut. Me and my family, we've been watching it. It's an hour film. So we've watched it. I don't know how many times. So I don't know how many hours it's been, but we've watched it a lot of times. And yeah. every time it just gets a little better, a little closer to it. It's almost there. And what we worked on over this last year was I worked with a composer who, by the name of Brooke Monroe, he lives in um, Oceano, I believe. Nice. Right down the uh, street from me. Yeah, he's right, he's right here on the Central Coast. And um, he scored my brother's documentary about Rich Ferguson called Becoming Rich. He did the music for that 
short doc we did um, a couple years ago, and it was a great experience working with him. He's a he's a friend of a friend that well, we have here boy, at the slope. You know that's really funny. Uh, when you find a composer that is like works with you, that is yeah. It, it, that's that's key i mean I, I there was a guy okay so <laughs> i did a feature film um as well but it was a rom-com it wasn't anything you know i i basically scheduled out 10 days for me to shoot it and it for it was for my, an editing class i wanted to show that i could edit a feature film oh and, yeah that's right and, and do it like really fast but which mm-hmm. was also really really dumb um yeah. <laughs> i do not recommend that at all and uh but you know it was it was it was fun but what happened was my my the star on it uh, you know i'm trying to find uh he also was uh helped write it and and he said hey i got a, a buddy uh from back home in michigan and he's a awesome composer listen to some of his stuff and i'm like all right sure whatever and and this movie i did was probably 12 <clears throat> years ago yeah, 12 years ago now at this point. Wow. Um, time flies when you have two little kids. Let me tell yeah. you that, folks. Uh, and uh, But he, I sent him the script, and I started sending him, like, kind of rough cuts. And then, you know, literally what I did, though, was I, I sent him YouTube uh, clips of the scenes, you know. That, and, and I said, hey, what do you think of this? And he would, no joke, just send back almost immediately the a score. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. And then he's like, but wait. And he goes, you know, I'm at the University of Michigan, and I'm, I'm in, you know, with the orchestra here, and I, I want to do this for my class. Oh, and I'm like, wow. what are you talking about? And he's <laughs> like, I want to I wanna record the orchestra, you know, with this music. Give me like another couple. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Okay. And (laughs) no joke. When I heard like a full orchestra, I mean, you know, it's a student orchestra. It wasn't anything fancy at all. Like I'm sure we paid for like pizza for the day, Um, you know, but it was, uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience to hear this music come to life and uh, to have it with your work. And for some reason it it really, the, the composer, when you get the right one and they get you, they get your story, they get what you're talking about, um, and it just jives. It, it really is. I mean, it sounds corny, but it is a magical experience when you find it. Really it, is when you add that element into it. It's I don't know why, but when when the music is added to the film for the final time, and you're just like, oh, wow, this is a real movie now. Yeah, I don't know, that's just how I felt. Well, and he and I began our conversation about this film about a year ago now. It was early September. Yeah. Um, He and I had our first uh, meeting about the score and discussing, like, what kind of process. Because he had never done anything like this film before. He was very – he's a big John Williams fan, and he is – goal and eventually one thing i want to help realize with him is to work with an orchestra one day and get that full score sound um and and coming from that we both agreed that with this film it really needed a different approach and something he he had never tried before and so he took it as an opportunity to just experiment and learn and grow which was very cool to watch because then i i I frankly didn't even know what the sound needed to be. I knew they were like, oh, I like this track right. from this movie and this track here. And, you know, a lot of it's like uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, kind of just like droning, uncomfortable synths and stuff. But then he started bringing in all these other ideas based off, you know, a lot of research he had been doing in his field, as well as just messing around with different sounds. Yeah. Uh, he, he did this one really cool 
sound that ended up repeating throughout the movie. And he basically just took a tape gun and he just stretched the tape on the oh. tape gun, recorded it, pro filtered it through a, a, a processor on his system, and then used it as an, a percussive instrument within the score. And it's really unsettling and it's really cool. That's really, <laughs> but, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and like these composers, sound guys, I honestly, I think with like directors and stuff, we are so visual. You know, right. we're, we're very, very visual. And we may have an idea of what we want it to sound like, you know, here and there. But I honestly, it, I think it's two separate things. I think when, when your brain can't connect or do, you know, you kind of focus on one or the other. And then right. when they bring in what they have, when they when they come to the table with their with their gifts and their talents. And and then you're just like, yep. OK, yep. This is this is awesome. Never would have thought yeah. that that's that this would sound so freaking yeah. good. <laughs> so, yeah, so that experience was great. And the, the score wrapped back in May, and nice. um, then we did the last bit of post-production. I tell you, the amount I learned on this film alone is, um, is it's astonishing. Yeah. I, I, am, I am a completely different filmmaker now <laughs> than I was when I started it. And yeah. I, if I... If I knew what I know now when I started it, I don't know I would have if I would have even started the project. <laughs> well, hey, you know it's all right. But I'm glad I've done it. I'm it, glad it's I've finished. Done it. It's wrapped. Yeah. So what what's it your is. plans with it now? Now it's planning uh, trying to get it out to film festivals and trying to see what what the status of that even is right now in this crazy world we're in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know that's a perfect segue. So yep. tell us about what what else you do, because um, you work with the Cambria Film Festival, correct? Correct. I'm a I'm like a volunteer consultant for the Cambria Film Festival. Um, from the filmmaker perspective, um, their festival happens every February, and it is generally themed around romantic comedies, romance, love, intricacies of love. That's the theme of the festival, and. Um, as being a part of that and trying to bring filmmakers to it. And also I've taken photos for them. Um, I've gotten to know the film festival and they have rec decided to recognize both Carlos and I as uh, prominent filmmakers from Cambria. And they're doing a showcase of our films amidst uh, a couple other showcases they're doing in a special event, <laughs> online so cool. event yeah. called the uh, 2020 Summerfest for Cambria Film Festival. Nice. And, um, yeah, so, well, so there's going to be... We're running out of summer. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but starting August 27th okay. through the 30th, it's basically, the, it's through their uh, system online, they called it uh, Ventive, and um, at any point between August 27th, Thursday, and August 30th, um, you can watch any of the blocks of films. Um, there's going to be six short films that Carlos and I have made in one block, and then the other block of ours is our featured documentary tour of honor. We made a few years back um, about the honor flight. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's my right. dad and I went on an honor flight back in 2014. We filmed the entire experience. And then my brother and I, primarily my brother, he's a great editor. Uh, we cut it together into a, a an hour long film. So it, 
it'll be a great experience. You can watch some great movies from home. So, <laughs> and, so uh, where 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 do people go to that? Is it just the Cambria Film Festival website, or is yeah, there... Cambria Film Fest website? It'll be right on their homepage, and you can uh, buy tickets there. I think it's like ten dollars for a pass. Cool. And is it just like a kind of a play on demand, or is it like a specific time? It's streaming. It's how, a, how does it it's... work? It's a play on demand type deal. Okay. Um, there are a couple live events they're doing. They're going to live stream a Zoom call on Saturday uh, later in the day. Okay. And basically they're getting – there's also a local filmmaker group that I curated um, with films from filmmakers all over the Central Coast, uh, primarily student filmmakers. Um, and we're trying to invite all those filmmakers to – it's like a mixer through zoom yeah (laughs) it's everybody on and talking and having fun yeah yeah exactly yeah and you know our our three two one guys that we uh we were able to do that competition just before all this went down um yeah there's a lot of students out there that you know are still really wanting to do uh the the, just get out there and make their movies and, and just be just be seen you know well, and I think there are three of the three, two, one films nice. in the yeah. local filmmaker group. Oh, that's um, great! So, yeah, I I was a judge. Uh, for people that are listening and don't know, I I was a judge on the three, two, one yep. uh, panel. I was really impressed by a lot of those films. They were really, really well done, especially considering the limitations they were given. Yeah, and, um, and it, yeah, I was gonna say if people don't know the three, two, one, it was a student competition where the students had. Uh, Help me remember. It was at three minutes, it two characters, minutes, one location. One location. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, and then we gave them a, a theme, which was digital distraction. And mm-hmm. then we kind of let the uh, students go out and kind of make the movie around that. And we, man, we <laughs> there was a wide range of stuff. I, I was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was it was very exciting. And so we... we uh, my my brother and I we're also heavily involved in Slow Film Fest. So after inviting a couple films from the Central Coast Filmmaker Showcase from Slow and a couple from the the three two one, as well as reinviting some of the local films we showed at the Cambria Film Fest local showcase back in February, we curated this group of nine shorts all together, and that'll be available to to stream on demand through Eventive on the Cambria Film Fest website uh, starting Thursday. Nice. So there's a lot of great content to watch. <laughs> no, that's great. You know, and it's it's fun that like these festivals are moving online. You know, it's weird in yeah. a way where it's like, well, it's, you know, it's like a pay on demand service, but it is. And and you still get to do the festival experience of watching the films that would do that run anyways. So it, it is a pretty cool thing, I got to say. And Based on how this goes, I think we're going to then the Camry Film Fest is going to see what their next step is for February, because if this turns out to be really successful, this might be a real viable option if, you know, things are still not safe next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true, because we got to see what it's going to be like. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed. I'm. I'm hoping (laughs) I'm yeah you know but I'm a sucker like I it is killing me that I have not been in a movie theater for six months now like it's driving me nuts (laughs) it's killing me that I'm not able to see Tenet yet (laughs) well well, there you go yeah what okay so hey what movies are coming out is that what you're you're dying to see I yeah Tenet I'm very I'm a I'm a I'm a big Nolan fanboy I love Nolan Ah, there you go all right very good but 
but not, not the new excited not, for Tenet. and not the new Batman though. That's uh... no, I'm excited about the new Batman. Oh, you are. I, okay. I, I really like the trailers. I'm I was skeptical when I was first hearing about it. I feel like Matt Reeves is a pretty good filmmaker. I really enjoyed the last two uh, Planet of the Apes films he did. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Those yeah. were pretty spectacular, and so I, I have I have hope. I have hope he can do a good job. I love the cast. I love everybody. Um, Paul Dano, he's awesome, and I yeah. think he's going to be a great Riddler. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so. yeah. It. You know what I what I liked about it because again, like you, I was kind of like, really, really mm-hmm. another another Batman. Especially with how confusing it all is right now. Right. Like, and yeah, especially considering what did I just hear that. Um, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck yeah. are going to be in the same movie, same Flash movie, and it's right. like, well, wait, what? Yeah, it's, it's very just, confusing. It's getting a little nuts. Um, but, Warner Brothers is just like, hey, Batman makes his money. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that trailer dropped the other day, and my brother and I both were like seriously impressed. And I think I think there's some hope. I think we yeah we, what, we see something good there. What I what I think I'm gonna like, and hopefully this is the way that they go with it, is um is is that it looks like it's a more of a psychological almost yes. mystery sort of thing and i'm like like a, like a mystery thriller yeah because yeah, i'm like bruce wayne is a messed up dude like yeah. in, in the head like if they actually go down that road you know it's dark it's you know gotham yeah. well but, and play batman like a detective like an actual like, right yeah like he's actually helping the cops you know right um but yeah it's so yeah I, i'm interested i and i do like that they they are throwing in all the the villains in in the movie too and it's not like totally apparent i mean uh, uh what was it? zoe kravitz she uh, is kind of on the nose with the little ears for catwoman true, um, true. but everything <laughs> but everything else was pretty uh uh you know subtle yeah, so far yeah it, it was <laughs> so we'll see what happens but um yeah i honestly forgot most of everything else coming out because i've kind of everything just keeps getting pushed back (laughs) okay so i am so like i want to watch the new james bond uh i i've been dying to watch that um there's another uh the kingsman uh prequel coming out that's right yes i really want to see that because i love i'm very excited about that the kingsman was one of those movies that i had zero expectations going into the movie theater like absolutely i I had no idea what this was i was just like yeah it looks like it's fun it's got a fun cast and and i just i had the best time watching it i had the same experience although i do have to say i I, i'm i've been a big matthew vaughn fan okay yeah um he did uh x-men first class and yeah. kick-ass and stardust and so i was like i was into him but same kind of thing where it's like i had no idea what to even expect from the movie i was like and i, I feel like that doesn't happen too often anymore like no i feel like people go to the so movies surprising. people go to the movies and they're like i know what to expect like well maybe it's because it's so expensive to go to the movies you know like it's yeah. an investment you know like, <laughs> you gotta research <laughs> yeah i don't want this movie to suck i'm gonna go to the movie and i'm gonna know everything about it before i actually watch it exactly but yeah there you go all right i've mostly been just kind of catching up on movies that are on my to watch list yeah and uh I just watched uh, not that long ago um, Guy Ritchie's new film, uh, The Gentleman, and that that was pretty good. Oh, that yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah, 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 that was. 
Mm-hmm. It had Matthew McConaughey yep. in it. Yeah. I think I did catch that in the theaters just before it, it <laughs> everything shut yeah, down. Yeah, it was in January that yeah. it came out. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. And uh, I think there's a review of that, too, on my blog. So if you want to check what that out. What was the last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I think it was Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, but I took my daughter and she okay, loved it. Fair. So, but you know what? Honestly, Sonic, it was cute enough. I I had fun with it because I was like, I'm an old school Jim Carrey guy, yeah, and I yeah. felt like he finally came back to old school he, Jim Carrey. He carried that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But it was it was fun. It was fun to see him back and and doing that kind of zany comedy stuff again. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, Kyle. Well, um, so you've got you've got a busy week coming up then with the uh, absolutely with the festival and all that. So um, best of luck to you and and Thank you. Uh, your brother. And you know, keep keep us posted and let us know how it's all going. And we will definitely uh, share the heck out of it and hopefully absolutely. get some people to watch your movies. And I can't wait to watch Sarah. Um, yes. So you just let me know when and how I can watch that. Uh, even if I have to get a pirated copy somewhere somehow, yeah. <laughs> I will. I will do that. <laughs> well, to everybody listening, you can check out. We're going to be dropping the trailer. It's been the trailers on our website and everything, but we're going to be doing a special showing of the trailer at the during the festival showcase. Oh, so nice. It'll be, be in our block of shorts as cool. a little surprise there. Well, we'll definitely uh, uh, put a link out on our uh, social media as soon as uh, we can. All right. Awesome. Sounds cool. great. All right, Kyle. Well, thanks so much. No problem. Thank you yep. for having me. Now, as far as movie news goes, there's not been a whole lot of movie news. Uh, the productions have begun again, and we're starting to see new trailers being dropped for movies out there. Uh, one of the big ones that just dropped was, of course, that new Batman movie coming out, The Batman. Um, there's also the uh, Death on the Nile and uh, a couple other great ones that are still coming out. It's going to be a really interesting year to see what has been made and then what's slowly going to be um, uh, released as well as we get into it. Um, that being said, we did get to see a couple of movies that have already been released now out on uh, on uh, uh, different various streaming um, services. Uh, one of them I got to see was Greyhound. That is, you can watch it on Apple TV. That's um, Tom Hanks in the World War II battleship film, and uh, he's on the ship known as the Greyhound, and it is a, uh, a pretty intense movie. Now, if you are a fan of World War II films, I'll give you a kind of a, a mini review here. Um, if you're a fan of World War II films and being historically accurate, uh, this is up there with um, just the accuracy and, and what the jargon is with how, how they talk to each other and how they move about the ship with the Navy, uh, the U.S. Navy during World War II. And this is early World War II involvement in, in uh, the U.S. Navy. So this is, um, I believe it was February of 42, and the uh, this is their first crossing, and you get to see what, what it's like for them on their first crossing going across the uh, from New York to London or uh, England. And um, it, it is an intense uh, show. It, it doesn't let up. It's very good, but that also is kind of a, a downfall, I think, for it, is that it doesn't leave a lot of room for character development you do get the character development for tom hanks's character as the captain of the ship but uh 
very little other character development. It, it's very much you're just strapped in and you're going. Um, there, there's not a lot of giving up, which, you know, there, that's, to an extent, that is a very uh, uh, nice thing to have. Um, but really, in the end, I, I would give it a solid three and a half stars out of five. Uh, it definitely wasn't Saving Private Ryan status, <laughs> but, you know, then that's when he had Steven Spielberg involved. But Tom Hanks did write this, and I think that goes to show that his love for World War II um, history as well as just doing these kinds of projects. And uh, I, I think it, it shows that he was very much a, a passion project, a work of love, um, and, and just trying to get the history nailed down just right. So if you get a chance, go ahead and see that. Um, there's lots of other really fun stuff that's came out uh, directly in Netflix, so uh, we, we can start looking into all those as well. If you have anything you want to have me review, you can always leave a comment or um, just uh, you can actually leave a voicemail by clicking the link down below, and we'll be happy to read or have your uh, uh, voice here on the show. So let me know what you want to watch, and we'll watch it and watch it together. Now, before we wrap up, I just want to make sure that everybody is aware that our current lineup of events has been postponed or canceled due to COVID-19 and just want to make sure that everybody's healthy and safety. But that does not mean that we are not thinking of fun, new and exciting ways to be out there with you guys watching movies and having a good time. So uh, that also does mean that our our first Central Coast Film Festival that was planned for later 2020 is going to be postponed uh, until further notice. So sorry about that, guys. We are going to push that back. Um, hopefully next year we can do it, and depending on if everything's kind of opening up. If not, um, we'll see. We got some ideas. We got some ideas out there. So I just want to let you know that that is the status of that. So, uh, again, if you want to leave a comment or question, just let me know, um, and and then we'll just have a conversation. And it, also, if you know of anybody that's on the Central Coast uh, that might be wanting to be on the show that's in the industry that you want us to reach out to or that you happen to know, let us know, and we'll reach out to them. And that's going to be a wrap on this edition of Take 18. This has been a production of the Central Coast Film Society. We are a 501c3 organization, and we couldn't make this show or anything that we do happen without your generous support. Um, we know it's hard out there, but uh, everybody's hurting. But, you know, we're, we are a 501c3, so anything that you can do really helps make us make a difference. Um, so you can make a donation, you could purchase a membership, or if you have no money, what you could do is also just click like, subscribe, and share. Those things are free, it's easy to do, and it really means a lot to us when we uh, help get the word out there. So I really appreciate anything that you can do there. Um, you can visit our website, centralcoastfilmsociety.org, for more information, or you can sign up for our newsletter, check out our social media pages. And uh, again, I just want to say thanks to Kyle for stopping by. Uh, that was a lot of fun talking and um, make sure that you go and check out his films him his and his brother's films uh, definitely support all the local filmmakers that you can so thank you for listening all the way to the end make sure you subscribe 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 and uh, anything you can do helps it just takes a few clicks thank you so much hope you enjoyed the episode and we will talk to you very soon that's a take <laughs>